Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, the Winnipeg Foundation was at the Wrench on Logan to announce their milestone of $500 million in cumulative grants to the community. We spoke with Wrench Managing Director Pat Crowick on the benefits of the program and the support that the Wrench has received through the Foundation. Then we'll speak with Zoré Gervais, the Executive Director of Polycoro, to learn more about its upcoming concert called Provocation that's taking place this Friday, March 22nd. It actually features music by composers from all around the world. We'll also speak to one of the co-hosts of the upcoming Lighting the Way Forward, the Calls to Action in Action event that's featuring Senator Murray Sinclair. Tanjit Nagra will join us to talk about the event this Monday and about what we'll be learning from Senator Sinclair during this upcoming vital conversation. Then, in our continuing coverage of many different projects working towards reconciliation in the city, we'll learn about Rainbow Resource Centre and its project focusing on programming for Two-Spirit and Indigenous LGBT2SQ people. And finally, we really love hearing about the great stories about Winnipeggers making an impact on their community. And so to share their stories, our very own Sonny Primolo is scouring the city, speaking with Winnipeg impact makers. This week he spoke with Brad Hurst, a realtor from Royal LePage, on how he's helping organizations like Inclusion Winnipeg. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to River City 360. Nolan over here, Robert over there. How are you doing this week, Rob? It's been a good week, Nolan. How about yourself? It has been a good week. You know, I'm not wearing my parka anymore. That's always good. It's officially spring. Is it? Like the official first day of spring has happened? I it never has know when happened. That. Okay, great. Is that when we sprung ahead? Is that what the... No, I think it's that just still, that still predates the official first day of okay, spring, but well, we're finally here, here. And at least the weather reflects what the day is supposed to represent. It was a little bit of a rough winter, but you know... Mm. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? That's what we tell ourselves anyway. We we'll just to. have to remember that this December when things... Uh... Hey, do not even <laughs> joke about looking that far ahead. Right now, we're going to focus on spring, and we're going to focus on summer, mm-hmm. and we're going to focus on good people doing good work here in Winnipeg. That's Absolutely. what the show is all about. Uh, today, we got a ton of content to get to, actually. There's five different interviews we're going to be bringing you to learn all about The Wrench, all about Polycoro, which is a choir here in Winnipeg that's going to be uh, performing this Friday. We're going to tell you about an upcoming event on Monday featuring Senator Murray Sinclair. We're going to talk to people from the Rainbow Resource Center, and we're going to learn about this week's Winnipeg Impact Maker. So there's tons of stuff to get to. We might as well just hop right in, right? I mean, why wait? We have so much good conversation to get to here on the hour. We might as well hop right to it. So uh, what have you got? We always kick the show off with a song. So Robert, what have you got for us today? Well, I think we'll uh, we'll bike right to it, actually. Oh, Here's Hugo Strasser with Les Bicyclettes de Belsies to start things off on River City 360.
Welcome back to River City 360. I'm Sonny Promolo. As Nolan and Rob mentioned, I was at the wrench on Logan Avenue last Thursday for the Winnipeg Foundation's announcement of a new milestone reaching $500 million in cumulative grants with its grant to the wrench. At the event, I spoke with Pat Kruick, Managing Director. Thanks for joining us on River City 360, Pat. Thanks for coming down. Welcome to the ranch. So right now we're in the basement of the Animal Services Building. One of the lovely things about the ranch is we're a community partnership with the city. And it's really just like everything we do. It's all through partnerships and the people of Winnipeg. How many days a week do you operate? So we offer programming seven days a week, all year round. But two of those days of the week are days where anybody can come down and access our resources here. So if somebody comes down during open shop and says they need to build a bike, but they don't have any money, we say no problem. You can build a bike in exchange for four and a half hours of volunteer labor. You have a special partnership with the city that's really like no other. What makes the Wrenches partnership different than those in other cities? Winnipeg is the first jurisdiction in the world where the municipality has worked out an agreement where all the bicycles going into the Water and Waste Department get reused through community partners and programming. So we have a partnership with the 4R depots. We help them develop a bike receiving compound in the 4R Winnipeg depots. We harvest all those parts, they were processed by our volunteers, and we either use them in our own programming or we offer them as resources to other school or community bike shops. Can you give us an idea of the value of the bikes going to the landfill compared to what you do here? The city of Winnipeg considers those bikes worth uh, as scrap metal. So like your average bike is worth 25 cents, but as soon as we reclaim it and put it into community programming, its minimum value is $22, you know what I mean? So that's part of what we're doing here, right? We consider ourselves a community health organization with a community economic development focus. So why the focus on bicycles? Bicycles have amazingly measurable positive public health outcomes. So bicycles are essentially health, wealth, prosperity, happiness, machines, right? So there's many, many positive outcomes from them. How does the wrench add value to our community? We flip things on their head. So these wastes become resources. And then we also realize that people have value. So we take these reclaimed resources, add volunteer labor, and we add value to that volunteer labor by giving them skills to apply to these resources. Then you mix those two together and the output of the reclaimed resources and the improved volunteer labor is bicycles and programming that have tangible immediate public health outcomes that we distribute locally. The reason why we're here is for the Winnipeg Foundation's announcement of $500 million in cumulative grants to the community with its grant to the wrench. What does the foundation support mean to you? There would be no wrench without the Winnipeg Foundation. They were one of our core supporters that got the wrench going. So back in 2010, when I was putting together the what was to be our three-year plan sort of to create and launch this organization, the Winnipeg Foundation was instrumental in that whole process, starting with me like phoning up Rick Frost and just like being, hey, Rick, here's what I understand from like what I've been hearing from the city, other partners. What's your opinion on this and going forward from the Winnipeg foundation right from the top he was really great for saying like yes uh we totally get what you folks are going for and then he connected me with megan tate and megan tate when we when i was writing the first three-year plan and all the stuff to get this going was amazing like i was on the line with her all the time being like hey megan how's this going you know like is this sort of the approach we should be taking what do you think 
of this, what do you think of that? So even before we got that initial grant, like creating this package that we then took to all the other four original funders being Neighborhoods Alive and the Richardson Foundation and the city through CIGB, like the Winnipeg Foundation helped us craft that. The Winnipeg Foundation, they sponsored first, second and third year that allowed us to create all our core material, sort of test it out, refine it, and then start running with it. Same with our programming. So they saw us from a place of like no participants a year to 6,000 participants a year. So yeah, it just exploded. So just over the years, every time we're ready for the next level, they've totally helped us craft uh, amazing programming that is just that becomes part of our core operations. You recently put in a grant for a new administrative assistant. How will that help Wrench and your ability to expand the program? It will be the wind beneath my wings. I think I'll have like at least 30% less strokes uh, <laughs> during the programming year. So we're always outcome focused. We have highly impactful programming. So we want to get it to the kids who need it the most for the biggest impact as much as possible. But generally, without operational funding, you're just putting together a tapestry of time limited project grants, right? So all the money we're getting in goes directly out for programming, which isn't increasing capacity because it's actually causing like more administrative tasks, like you're monitoring more expenses, and, uh, you're, you need to like be writing more grants, you're doing more payroll, you're doing the HR for all these sort of things. So growing just through that way was not a possibility. So right now with my payroll and administrative duties, all the finances, all the, you know, just organizational do documents, office management, that can be up to 40% of my week, right? And that's just figuring out how to change the toner cartridge. Um, so now imagine getting that time back, allocating it to uh, you know, somebody who really gets to focus on this and then support me in these things. It's just, it will affect every sphere of our operations. This most recent grant is a huge milestone for the foundation. And uh, with you being able to help so many causes in the community, it's fitting that your grant officially marks $500 million in cumulative grants to our community. So what does that mean to you and the impact this makes to the community? Since I first started dealing with the Winnipeg Foundation, I started paying attention to every place I saw the Winnipeg Foundation name around the city. And it's like everywhere, right? And it just makes me think of like, what kind of city would we be in without the Winnipeg Foundation? Like knowing what they've done with us, our impact in the lives of thousands of people, you know, in the city, but across the province as well. Uh, but then seeing everything else that they supported and now having this insight in what it's like to work with them, it's like, holy, like this has changed the city like for good and forever, like for reals. I can't, I couldn't imagine a city without it. And I just love, I just love how they enable people. I love the information they provide that like helps us better target our programming. You know, the, the updates, the priorities that they give us. It's just, it's so great. Like it's not only about the dreams they come through through all the grant making, it's about how they create their part of creating like a philanthropic vision of like, the tomorrow that we all want that we can make together 
you know, which is just as important as uh, like literally funding those things too. But just like creating an atmosphere of belief and achievement and a common goal for the betterment of Winnipeg. Thank you, Pat. We really appreciate your time. Is there anything that you would like to add about the wrench? There's a place for a bicycle in everyone's life. It's a romance waiting to be had, you know, come on down, no experience necessary. And we're really about the people more than the bikes. So what we want to do is help you connect in your community, find out ways that you could gain new skills from it and ways that you can give back to it. Because uh, when we get all together, you realize that, hey, we can dream a big dream. We can have the Winnipeg we want. And this is how we're going to do it. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Sonny. Up next is my conversation with Zoray Gervais of Polycoro. Their upcoming concert provocation is happening this Friday, March 22nd. That's tomorrow if you're listening to our, our Thursday premiere of the show. And provocation features music by composers from all around the world. So if you'd like to hear some great music from a great chamber choir, stay tuned to learn more about the performance tomorrow. But up first, we're going to hear The New Seekers with I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing, right here on River City 360. I'd like to build the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow-white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined via telephone by Zoray Gervais. She is the executive director of Polycoro. Zoray, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. So Polycoro is a newer chamber choir here in the city, having been established in 2015. Can you tell us more about how and why Polycoro got started? We started Polycoro primarily um, as a group of singers who wanted to work on some more challenging repertoire than what we were currently doing in the city, and specifically to do some challenging repertoire that was mostly a cappella, because that wasn't something that was done very often. You know, we get a chance to sing really tricky stuff with canzona, um, but it's with orchestra usually, so there wasn't an ensemble that did a cappella music. So that was the main contributing factor to us starting Polychoral, and from there it's gone to become an exploration of voice and how we can connect with voice and other mediums as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been very interesting. The prefix poly means multiple, but I'm wondering if you can explain the meaning behind the name polychoro. Sure. So the kind of music that we do primarily is called polychoral music, which means that there's more than one choir, which means that basically we're singing eight parts or more most of the time. Uh, Some of the pieces that we perform are up to 16, 18 parts, so one person per part, and there's just all kinds of stuff happening. (laughs) Um, So we decided to go with that name because we are singing polychoral music, and the name thus means, you know, poly for the variety of different voices and the number of voices, and then coro, which is Italian for choral. And tomorrow, March 22nd, is Polycoro's upcoming concert entitled Provocation, and uh, that's taking place at 7 p.m. What can people expect to hear at the Provocation concert? Oh, it's going to be a really good time. We are so excited about this concert. We're singing some music that's never been performed in Winnipeg, to our knowledge. Um, We're doing some pieces by a few different Haitian composers, and those pieces are done in Creole. 
And then we're also doing a piece by Filipino com- composer Nilo Alcala and some pieces in Icelandic by Thora Martinsdottir. And then two Canadian composers are featured on this program as well. We have Vivian Fung and Jocelyn Morlock. And I'd say the link that takes all of these concerts from one to the next, or sorry, pieces from one to the next, is a, a real sense of rhythmic drive and intensity in the first half of the concert. There's so much interesting stuff happening rhythmically with the Haitian influence and the Filipino influence in those pieces. And then in the second half of the concert, it's a very interesting harmonic um, mix. It's a little bit calmer, I would say. Um, And we also have some guest artists in the second half. We have the uh, chamber choir from Maples Collegiate School coming to join us. And we have a fantastic guest cellist who's going to be joining us for the piece by Jocelyn Morlock. His name is Barry Fitzsim, and he's a student at the University of Manitoba. I understand also that there will be live art created during the show as well. Tell us more about that. Yeah, that's going to be also uh, pretty interesting. So this artist, Derek Bassey, uh, is a Nigerian student studying right now at CMU. And he has been painting for the past month, listening to the playlist of the music from our concert. And so he's created uh, some artwork from his inspiration listening to that. And he's going to also be on stage painting a piece live at the concert. This will be auctioned off by Silent Auction along with his other pieces that he's created to raise some funds for the Music Equals Fund program through the Manitoba Conservatory. And that's a program that brings performances and musical education to people with financial or mobility barriers. That's great. So supporting a great cause and and what an interesting way to bring an additional dimension to the music you're hearing. I think it will be cool. Uh, we're also looking forward to the piece during intermission that Derek is going to lead, which is a collaborative piece with the audience. So there'll be a canvas there that audience members can come and join their own artistic interests too. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. It should be, should be interesting to see. Sounds very interesting and, and interactive as well. Yeah. What are you hoping that people will take away from the performance uh, of Provocation? I hope that it will, in a sense, make the world feel smaller. You know, like music is such a universal language and we're singing things from so many different places and in so many different languages, but they make you feel the same way. You know, they should make you feel joyful and um, in some parts they should make you feel sorrowful, you know, depending on what's happening in the music, but it's a human experience. So I think that is, that's the main takeaway is that it really is a universal human experience to create music and also to be affected by music and to be able to create art, you know, like Derek is doing. So I think, yeah, that would be, that would be my main takeaway for that. If any of our listeners would like to learn more about, uh, about either of the upcoming concerts, where can they go to get more information? They can visit polycoro.ca. So that's P O L Y. C-O-R-O dot C-A. And there's information there. And I should add, actually, as well, that our concert this Friday night is um, admission by donation. So people are welcome to join us, whether they can pay or not, and we would be happy to have them. They can reserve their seat ahead of time by reserving a ticket on our website. And for the May concert, tickets are available for purchase online as well. Excellent. And so again, Provocation is taking place on March 22nd at Knox United Church at 7 p.m. Thank you so much, Zoray, for speaking with me today about Polycoro. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Robert. 
Coming up next, we're going to be joined via telephone by Tanjit Nagra. She's co-hosting the upcoming event, Lighting the Way Forward, the Calls to Action in Action, featuring Senator Marie Sinclair. We're going to learn all about the event after our next musical break, which is Doris Day with a little bit of Blue Skies right here on RC360. Smiling at me Nothing but blue skies Do I see Blue birds Singing a song Nothing but blue birds All day long Never saw the sun Shining bright Never saw things Going so right Noticing the days Hurry by when you're in love, my, how they fly Blue days, all of them gone Nothing but blue skies from now on Nothing but blue skies do I see for listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and we're now joined via telephone by Tanjit Nagra. She is a friend of the show. She's been on before. She was the Outstanding Youth in Philanthropy Award winner at the 2018 Manitoba Philanthropy Awards. She is the president of UMSU and co-host of the upcoming event, Lighting the Way Forward, the Calls to Action in Action with Senator Marie Sinclair. Tanjit Nagra, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's good to talk to you again. Um, yeah, so you're, good to be you're, back. You're going to be co-hosting this event coming up on Monday, March 25th at the University of Winnipeg. And uh, tickets are sold out, but there is a wait list. So if anyone is curious, you can check online. But um, So with the conversation with Senator uh, Sinclair, what were you hoping to kind of hear about this coming, this coming Monday? Yeah, well, I mean, um, Senator Sinclair has done so much for our community, for um, not only Manitoba, but Canada. Um, I'm just looking forward to hearing his story and and to facilitating facilitating the conversation with him. I know uh, there's going to be an opportunity for audience members to ask questions. Um, and I'm, I'm, uh, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a, it's a sold out event. Um, we're going to have lots of folks there and I'm super excited to, to speak about some uh, very important initiatives in our community. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's going to be questions and he's going to be giving a little uh, keynote speech. Then there's going to be a question and answer period, along with sort of a little fireside chat portion of the evening. So what if if he was sitting here right now uh, with us, what would you ask Senator Sinclair if you could just sort of pick something out of the air and, and talk to him right now? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think I might get an opportunity to ask him on on Monday, so I For think sure. I will. But uh, uh, definitely, if he's sitting right in front of me, I, I would definitely ask um, 
uh, about reconciliation and, and in particular as someone uh, like myself who's non-Indigenous, how can we be a part of um, furthering reconciliation? How can we be a part of that conversation, be a part mm-hmm. of the movement um, and and focus on that within our own communities? I think it's really important uh, for uh, us as non-Indigenous folks to be allies um, in reconciliation, but um, also ensure that we're not the ones leading the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. But we're there to support and we're there to uh, be a part of it. So I think um, getting his expertise and advice on um, on how we can do that and work together collaboratively. Very well said. So you spend a lot of time on the university campuses talking to university kids and, and hanging out with, with people of that uh, generation. What what would you say is sort of the general uh, approach to reconciliation or what's the general consensus or how how do how are how are university students approaching this wide topic you know i think uh, it just comes down to the education piece right mm. um you know we grow up and um our education on residential schools and on the history of indigenous peoples in canada um is is like the the I guess you go from you, you go from a spectrum where people learn a lot about it to, to none at all or mm-hmm. very very minimum right um, and also I think it depends on who's teaching it as well right, right? and where a place of where they're coming from um, so really like uh, I think the awareness is isn't isn't the same across the board mm-hmm. um, I um, I do know working with uh, some student leaders at the University of Manitoba specifically from the Indigenous Students Association they are very active in the community um, they do a lot of great work um, last year when I was president of the Students Union um, we launched a reconciliation action campaign uh, with the Indigenous Students Association which is actually adopted nationally by the Canadian Federation of Students um, Hmm. And I know many campuses uh, and many student associations and unions across Canada are adopting the Reconciliation Action Campaign as well. And, and that's cool. implementing, um, yeah, that's implementing um, Call to Action Number 16, uh, which is about uh, creating more um, Indigenous language programs at post-secondary institutions. Um, so uh, really, ex- uh, it was it was amazing to be a part of that. I mean, and, and mind you, like I was not, I was not the the forefront of, of the organizing. I was merely a supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing to see uh, the impact um, and the hard work of these Indigenous students, um, and um, being able to support them in any way I can was was always my goal. And I'm glad we were able to to launch that campaign. Um, uh, yeah, super, super exciting stuff um, happening at the U of M and, and, cool. and across the board. So, so everyone is on a different point in their personal sort of reconciliation journey. Where would you say, how do you feel right now personally when it comes to reconciliation? I think that's a great question. I think um, on a personal level, I think um, the one thing I've realized, it's, it's so important to listen. Mm. Um you know, I've always grown up being being the shy, quiet kid that just sat, sat there and kind of listened to everyone. And I think I think that's uh, that's being the been the biggest asset to me um, when learning about reconciliation, when learning about the history of uh, Indigenous peoples in Canada. Um, the best thing you can do is 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 is, is listen to the stories uh, of your peers, uh, of of elders, of people in the community, um, to hear you know where where they come from, hear about their ancestors, um, hear about you know things that have happened, um, and not and and much of it negative, um, and 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 being part of that conversation and and learning about how you can best help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's 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 been an interesting balance. Um, you know, as as a as a as a student leader at the University of Manitoba, uh, specifically being you know voted in, elected into representing all the students um, on campus, over twenty four thousand students, but ensuring that um, while you're you know you might be the the spokesperson, the voice on behalf of uh, on behalf of the student, ensuring that you're not just creating your own narrative you're really it's mm. from the ground up right you're listening to what people are saying and you're echoing what 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 they want to be said right and i think that's um the most important part and probably like a big the biggest thing i've learned uh along my journey very well said very interesting and and you know that education and that listening and learning is where true empathy i think is born from right what well, you you can't truly empathize until you sit down and listen and and really un- try to understand what the situation is for every single person, because every single person is different too. Um, are you up, are you optimistic about the future when it comes to truth and reconciliation? I am. <laughs> I <laughs> dot, am. Dot, dot. Uh, I, yeah, I am. I think you know. I, I don't get me wrong. Um, I think we've we've made some some great strides, but I think there's a lot of work to do. A lot, a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen overnight uh, by any means. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of energy. Um, uh, I do think it, it's going to come down to um, the Indigenous peoples uh, in Canada to lead the conversation. Mm-hmm. But allies like myself that that want to help and want to help further further uh, reconciliation as well. Um, I think that's equally as important. But um, I want to ensure I'm doing my part um, to emphasize the conversation and to um, echo the conversation um, and not uh, necessarily put my own twist on it because uh, it's 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 not you know it's not a part of um, um, I don't have sorry it's not it's it's I don't have the first hand experience mm-hmm. right, right. Um, you know my my bringing up and my um, uh, ancestry is much different than that uh, of an indigenous person in Canada and I recognize that um, and I think it's important for everyone that's non-Indigenous to also recognize that. Um, And um, ultimately, like, you know, whether you're European or, you know, you're Asian or whatever else, um, you know, even like myself, if you were born in in Canada, born in Winnipeg, um, you were still a settler, right? If you're still a settler, you weren't, uh, you know, you're not native to Canada. The Indigenous peoples uh, were here be- long before us, and I think it's important to recognize that. Well, I'm looking forward to hear. I think they couldn't have picked a better host for this upcoming event this coming Monday. It's called Lighting the Way Forward, the Calls to Action in Action, featuring Senator Murray Sinclair and featuring Tanjit Nagra as, the, as one of the co-hosts that's going to be uh, facilitating the conversation and just sort of guiding us on, on this wonderful evening uh, with Senator Sinclair. So thank you, Tanjit, for talking to us today. We'll see you Monday night. Uh, have fun. Enjoy yourself up there. And uh, really looking forward to hearing everything that happens uh, at the event. Thanks, Nolan. I'm looking forward to it as well. I look forward to seeing everyone there. Thanks, Nolan. Up next, we'll learn about the Rainbow Resource Center's reconciliation project that focuses on culturally relevant programming for two-spirit and LGBT2 SQ plus Indigenous people here in our city. Before we get to that, though, here is Bert Kampfert with Rainbow Melody right here on River City 360.
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today. Earlier, I spoke with Craig Gibb, the Program and Education Manager at Rainbow Resource Center, to learn more about Rainbow Resource Center and its project focusing on culturally relevant programming for two-spirit and indigenous LGBTQ plus people. I started by asking Craig about how the project began and how it will support reconciliation in our city. Rainbow Resource Center serves LGBT2SQ plus populations in all of Manitoba, um, but we recognize we're not doing the greatest job in reaching out to the two-spirited people in Manitoba. So with the Reconciliation Grant, we're going to hire a two-spirit Indigenous outreach worker, and we will be working in conjunction with two-spirited people of Manitoba and a couple other community organizations, including Sunshine House, so that we work together to complement each other's programming and strengthen our connections between each other's organizations without replacing what anybody else is doing. Rainbow Resource Center's action toward reconciliation will shape all of its programming as well. In addition to reaching out to other organizations, we want to decolonize what we do at Rainbow Resource Center and bring more of a Two-Spirit and First Nations presence into what we do. So, for example, the youth group that we have that meets every week, they start with a uh, land and water declaration about, you know, that we're on Treaty 1 territory, and they also break that down into exactly what that means to help the youth understand that. So if when we hire our Two-Spirit Indigenous outreach worker, that person would come to the youth group and do uh, workshops and training with the youth so that they get a much deeper understanding of their connection to that community. I asked Craig why it was important for community to guide the action toward reconciliation. If you involve the community and the community guides the action, then there is ownership over that action and the programs that come out of it, Uh, especially when we're talking about working with the Two-Spirit Indigenous First Nations community here in Manitoba. We don't want to come in and say, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. We want to work with them to make sure that we offer programming and outreach that makes sense to them and that they actually want so that we can continue to build those connections and just strengthen the wider community between all of us. And Craig reinforced that community not only needs to shape its programming, but also to define the criteria for success. To start with this project, we are working with an advisory committee uh, made up of two-spirited people of Manitoba, Sunshine House, and a couple other local organizations. And since we are taking direction from them, I would prefer to have them tell us what success means, because success for a lot of nonprofits is the numbers that we report. But that might not make sense in this context, especially since it's relationship building, perhaps strengthening our connection with other organizations and the programming that they're doing. That's not really a number we can report. So I would really like our advisory panel to tell us what success means to them. And to learn more about Rainbow Resource Center? The best place is our website, rainbowresourcecenter.org, or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can always stop by to visit 170 Scott Street. Thank you so much to Craig Gibb, Program and Education Manager at Rainbow Resource Center, for speaking with me. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you today. And coming up next is our weekly Winnipeg Impact Maker. Sonny Promolo is bringing us another local entrepreneur, 
or business person who is not only providing Winnipeg with the service, but also giving back to their community. And this week's impact maker is Brad Hurst, a realtor from Royal LePage. And we're going to learn about how he's helping organizations like Inclusion Winnipeg. But before we get to that, since we're talking about a real estate broker, here is A House is Not a Home by Brooke Benton, right here on River City 360. A chair is still a chair Even when there's no one sitting there But a chair is not a house And a house is not a home When there's no one there To hold you tight And no one there You can kiss Good night a room is still a room Even when there's nothing there but gloom But a room is not a house And a house is not a home When the two of us Are far apart And one of us has a Now and then I call your name And suddenly your face appears But it's just a crazy game When it ends, it ends in tears Darling, have a heart don't let one mistake keep us apart I'm not meant to live alone Turn this house into a home When I climb the stairs And turn the key Oh, please be there Still in love This house into a home When I climb the stairs And turn the key Oh, please be there Still in love Welcome back to River City 360. I'm Sonny Promolo. As you all know, Manitoba is home to some of the most giving people in the country. To share those stories, I'm going around the city to speak with impact makers in Winnipeg, and today I'm with Brad Hurst, a realtor with Royal LePage. Thanks for coming on the show, Brad. Well, thank you very much, Sonny. I appreciate that. The reason why we're speaking with you today is uh, you've actually been a champion for Inclusion Winnipeg. Uh, but before we get to that, can you tell us a little bit of your uh, background um, here with uh, Royal LePage? 
Well, it was about, I'd say about five years ago, I got involved with uh, working with Royal Page Prime Real Estate over here in the uh, north end of Winnipeg. Um, and it's been, yeah, really good. It, it's uh, We've been working more in the Selkirk Interlake area as I've lived in Selkirk for 27 years. And I, yeah, I really enjoy going out and helping people find their dream home, helping them find their first home, selling their homes and, uh, you know, helping them move on with, you know, get to the next chapter of their life. Absolutely. So again, we mentioned earlier that you're a pretty big champion for Inclusion Winnipeg. You actually have quite a good reason for being a champion for them. Yeah, well, it was about 2000, the year 2000. I had just gotten home from an exchange program over in Ukraine. And basically, you know, I was a young student looking for some money. And uh, one of the ladies at my church approached me and said, you know, are you free for a couple of days to work at, uh, at the time? It was the Movement Center of Manitoba. And I said, uh, yeah, sure. I said, I had never actually really had any experience working with uh, any kind of kids, let alone kids with um, disabilities and uh, challenges. And so I said, yeah, you know what, let's give it a try. And I went, we were working out of the tuxedo building there. And, you know, first couple of days, just fell in love with the environment. Like we were laughing, we were joking around. And the kids were just amazing to work with. Like, you know, they, you know, they were, they were, you could see that they were really trying every time. But then the staff as well were really fun to work with. And that kind of ignited a passion in me then to, to work with kids. Now, when I was, when I was young, I always wanted to be a teacher too. So what that led into me, was I was introduced to the position, I guess, of an educational assistant within the school divisions. And so after six months of working with the, um, the Movement Center, I got in working with special needs kids within the Lord Selkirk School Division and parlayed that into a 14-year career with them working with a wide variety of kids, everything from nonverbal autism, Down syndrome, fetal alcohol, um, just to kids that might need a little extra help in the classroom. So it was an amazing time and really helped develop who I am today, in all honesty. And I give a lot of credit to, the, um, to not just the, the process, but to the people. Yeah, so what are some common misconceptions that you've found working in the field with children of uh, differing abilities? Well, I think the first misconception is right in the name itself when people say they're disabled. They're just differently abled. Um, I know people that considered, for the lack of a better word, normal or regular. Those people have differing abilities compared to everyone else. And I know I've got some kids that I've worked with in the past that make me look shameful, like when it comes to computer work or... Uh, physical abilities like some of them like I've bowled with a lot of these guys and I'm consider I consider myself a pretty good athlete and these kids make me look like a like an amateur when it comes to bowling and stuff like that so I think I think the misconception is just because maybe you struggle in one aspect of life doesn't mean that you're struggling in all aspects of life can you explain why you chose inclusion Winnipeg and exactly what you're doing for them well, it all started, I'd say, about probably about three months ago. Um, I belong to a business a networking group called Business Network International, or BNI, uh, here in Winnipeg. And uh, Tanya Douglas, who works with Inclusion Winnipeg, has become a member of our group. And getting to know, you know her and getting to talk to her and you know, really kind of figuring out and understanding what Inclusion Winnipeg is and what it continually evolves into... I said, you know what, like if I can help out wherever I can, because my heart is still with working with kids and, and working with, especially with adults that are differently abled. I, you know, we came up with this idea that, you know, I don't have a lot of free time as a real estate agent, self-employed person, but I still want to be a part of the community, still want to help out. So they, we said, well, maybe, you know what, by donating 10% of my final commission 
to Inclusion Winnipeg. It's just a great way to fundraise in different ways. Because I said, we've all been approached. Can you buy chocolates or raffle tickets or um, magazine subscriptions? We've all we've all been there. Um, but now, you know, by doing something every day, you know, you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell a house. Well, now that's going to benefit and profit Inclusion Winnipeg. And with that, it also then helps spread the word about the good work that they're doing. So, you know, when you see a Brad Hurst sign there, it's not just a Brad Hurst Royal Page Prime sign. This you'll see underneath, this is an Inclusion Winnipeg house. Or, you know, so you know that, okay, when you're doing this, then you're buying a home or selling a home, you're being a part of something bigger than just a real estate transaction. What a great initiative. So what would you have to say to other people in your position about doing something like this in their practice? I would highly encourage it. Now, I'll definitely say this isn't an original idea of mine. This this is something that's been going on for many years in many different, you know, brokerages and companies. You know, I know the Children's Miracle Network has been a benefit of many other agents. And, you know, we all have our own personal charity or personal you know soft spot for certain organizations but i think you know what as business people and as people that are in the public eye we do definitely kind of have a bit of a responsibility to make sure that we can not you know not just do good for ourselves but do good for others as well and for those who are interested in uh, learning more about you and your initiatives how can people get a hold of you well, it's quite simple. You know what? We can, um, like my, my direct cell number, it, it's, you can call or text this number at any time, and that's 204-485-5455. And uh, for you uh, Winnipeg folk, that is a long-distance call to Selkirk. Now, if you want, you can also call my office. Uh, it is uh, 204-989-7900, and you can ask for Brad Hurst. Um, or you can visit bradhurst.ca and you'll see, you'll find my listings, you'll find um, little articles on, you know, um, recent homes purchased or some tips and advice. Um, I'm launching a new weekly um, vlog about uh, home maintenance and how, you know, going beyond the sale rather than just, okay, sign here, sign here. You've got a sold sign in your yard. Well, I, I go the next little steps as well. So, you know, and you'll find a lot of that on my website. And uh, you can also then just, you know what, good old face-to-face if you want to come and visit us here at 1877 Henderson Highway. Um, we've, you know, we've got a wonderful staff that will greet you and we can come and have a seat. And we've got some, uh, you know, really nice uh, offices with some big screens that we can sit down and literally come up with a game plan for your real estate needs and your goals. For those of you that are looking to buy or sell a home, make sure you check out Brad Hurst at uh, Royal LePage. And thank you to Brad for sharing his story of giving. If you or anyone you know is making an impact in our city, reach out and call 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We'd love to hear about it. This is Sonny Promolo for River City 360. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you today. And today actually marks the International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. And to commemorate today, Manitobans for Human Rights is hosting a community forum and a panel discussion on how to eliminate racism. That takes place this evening, that's tonight, March 21st, 2019, at the Westminster Housing Co-op at 145 Maryland Street, and it's taking place from 6 to 9 p.m. 
this evening. And to learn more about the event, you can visit mhri.ca. Again, that's mhri.ca. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and a huge thank you to every one of our guests for talking to us as well. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit our website at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about today's show. If you'd like to send us a quick email, you can do so at rivercity360 at wpgfdn.org. Or you can always give us a call on our listener line. It's open 24-7. Just leave us a message if you have any stories that you'd like for us to cover or if you'd just like to share your feedback about the program. The number to call is 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We also take your tweets or Facebook messages as well if you want to tweet us at WPGFDN or just search Winnipeg Foundation on Facebook and leave us a message there as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend. Music